This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to a Tuesday night edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. I am now joined by a former NBA All-Star who is now an NBA media star. It's Karan Butler. Karan, good evening. How are you doing? Oh, good. Thanks for having me on, bro. How are you doing? I am good. I'm very excited um, to talk not only just today's game and uh, your book and um, all the other different things that you're doing right now, but I, I guess I have to start here because you are now in, you're very much ingrained in sports media um, how easy or difficult was the transition from NBA player to um, a media figure? I mean, the transition was, you know, I think more more seamless than expected, but it is difficult for a lot of people. But uh, I think preparation is very important. And what I did was during the process of me trying to transition was, you know, I was preparing myself at an early stage, at the height of my career, in the middle of my career. and obviously on the back end of my career to, you know, have that, that, uh, that confidence and also that momentum to step into another space. So I was doing draft combines. I was doing, you know, spots on, you know, first take during the car wash situation. And it prepared me for what I'm doing exactly what I'm doing right now. What has surprised you most about working in, uh, working now in sports media versus, uh, your time as a player? Uh, it's a lot of things that surprise me, but uh, I think the thing that a lot of people struggle with the most is, you know, being honest in their space and telling their truth, you know, because, you know, if, if you try to do exactly what everyone else is doing, then that don't give you the edge. Your edge is that you have the, the, the experience of, you know, one, being on that platform, and then two, you're able to give a different perspective and evaluation. But you can't do what everybody else is doing. That's what I always tell everyone, you know, that come into this space fresh. Um, you have to put the work in. It's not as simple as just, you know, sitting back and just, you know, um, talking the game of basketball or evaluating something that you've seen. You know, you want to make an educated opinion, so you want to be most informed. So you have to be informed as possible. And I take pride in that. I take pride in knowing the analytics, even though I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I want to know the numbers, you know, I study a lot and then all of a sudden I come with a, a real assessment from a player's point of view and also, you know, um, having enough research behind me to back up what I'm talking about. Who are, who are some of your league pass favorites? And honestly, like you're, you're not favorites. You're just every night that you're doing the research, you're putting in the time and you're like, I, I don't like, I don't enjoy watching this team and keeping up with them as much. Is there anyone for either side for you right now? Uh, you know what? I I really like, you know, there's certain teams out there that's just bad uh, from a, 
efficient standpoint, they don't play fun basketball. They don't give any restraint on the defensive end of the floor. But those teams, again, are still exciting at times because they have their moments. You know, like one of the mm-hmm. fun teams to watch right now, I mean, it's no in-between. You're really high on them or you're really low on them. It's the Houston Rockets. You know, they're yeah. so exciting because offensively they just do some things. You know, they have two MVPs, like, still in the prime of their career that go out there and be extremely efficient. They might have one-off games where it's just, like, extremely ugly. But then you also know that, you know, a Dan Tony team is never going to play defense. So that's what you're frustrated with, you know, as you're watching that team. But just the possibilities, like, wow, they can be really good if they do this. But you just don't see it happening. When you're watching games today, how often do you think when you're just watching team to team, um, I could have done even more in today's game? Do you think, do you, like, sometimes you think about the era that you played in versus the way the game is played now. Do you think you would have thrived even more in the pace and space um, era that we're in right now? Yeah, I I, I do just because the, the physicality of the game is just different. The contact is different. You get away with much more. Um, I think the pace of the game is more favorable. You can have longevity because there's no contact, and then it's a non-positionless basketball now where you can I, – I could have played anything from the two through the five. You know, um, yeah. yeah, so it's just – it's totally different. You can live on the perimeter things that we was – accustomed to doing like playing in the logo or the elbow that was uh, specifically my game uh you you wasn't taught to just shoot the long ball all the time but now you're taught to do mm-hmm. that it's like shoot the long three and play with that type of pace you know you get on a fast break now fundamentals out the window guys are pulling up shooting threes <laughs> and uh-huh. i mean not not just steph curry i mean this guy's that's not accustomed to making threes doing that so it's just like weird to watch but at the same time it's fun yeah, I mean, Dwight Howard hitting the corner three the other night and everybody erupting. Just stuff like that is just commonplace and you're just blown away. Like, Brooke Lopez can just decide to start shooting 11 threes a game and um, just, it's fine. It's just an easy transition for some guys. Um, is there any player that you see yourself the most in right now? It's like a lot of guys that you watch and you just be like, wow, interesting. Like, some things mm-hmm. are really fun watching when, you, when you're watching guys. Uh, I watch guys like uh, Jimmy Butler. I watch guys like Kyle Kuzma. You know, certain guys where you just go, oh, you know, that remind me of, you know, some of the things that I did on the basketball court. So, yes and no, but at the same time, you know, I, you know, I I consider myself being unique. I was, I was me and um, I love, I love what a lot of those guys are doing. I'm a huge fan of their games because they play both sides of the floor and I think that's paramount. Jimmy's a really good comp. I, I can really see that now. All I'm going to think when I'm watching Jimmy uh, later on is, oh, there's the Quran stuff. Yeah, that's my <laughs> guy. Too. A, I'm going to watch some. Yeah, I mean, he is, he's a fun dude, and I'm glad that the Heat are rolling this year and that uh, it's worked out for him because that was a bold move for him to go down to Miami and leave Philly and the contender status that they were in. Um, bigger NBA surprise for you this season, the Bucks mauling everybody to 21-3 and or the Lakers mauling everybody to 21-3? Who are you more surprised at? Uh, their dominance this season? Well, I, I would say uh, the Bucks because a lot of people thought that the Bucks was just really out of there after they made, uh, you know, they, they didn't make a lot of moves. And uh, leaving uh, Malcolm Brogdon out, 
I thought that was a huge, huge loss for them. But they figured it out. I mean, other guys stepped up. Eric Bledsoe's, you know, playing his game and playing at an efficient rate. I think he's doing a remarkable job. Uh, Chris Middleton's been rewarded handsomely. He's stepping up in a major way. So guys are really, you know, stepping up and doing what they're called upon doing. However, uh, man, you know, the Lakers shocked a lot of people. And, and yeah. I, I, yeah, they're doing it, man. And a lot of people thought that LeBron was getting long in the tooth, that he wasn't going to be able to step up in a major way. Boy, was they wrong with that. I mean, he's just balling, clipping on all cylinders, and that team is the team to beat. Yeah, I think it's easy just looking back now. It's just, oh, yeah, they're 21-3. They should have been. They have two top five players in basketball and Davis and LeBron, but it's easier said than done. There was all kinds of stuff swirling with that team and Vogel and Kidd and just up and down questions with the roster and then them just being 21-3. We all, it's easier once it already happens to be like, oh, yeah, of course they were going to be good, but they, we had real questions, so I agree with you there. Um, I kind of want to transition to... Um, you're the just where tough juice came from and just reading past interviews with you and um just how all that came to be and your upbringing and everything like that were you surprised at all that eddie jordan um correct me if i'm wrong came up with your nickname tough juice but um were you surprised and ended up sticking um years down the line and became just this uh cool thing that uh stayed with you now, you know, I, I wasn't surprised because, you know, it was just something that kind of fit. Like the name just kind of mm-hmm. resonated and, and it kind of stayed with me. And the more and more I was out, uh, you know, when a Hall of Famer, you know, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, those guys, they saw me on the court. They were like, what up, Tough Juice? Like, give me dab. And, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, oh, man, that, that, that name ain't going nowhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. going to be around for a while. And, you know. I, I just, you know, it made sense. And then now when I go into my life, you know, that's all people talk about. It's just like, man, I never knew your story. I never knew that, you know, you had so much to happen in your life, man. And it's, it's just like, man, you're an inspiration to so many and we respect you. So that, that means a lot to me. And, you know, that name came from my guy, you know, Coach Eddie Jordan, man. He, he gave me that name for, you know, playing through a lot of injuries and, being consistent in that space, and I'm forever grateful for it. Are you still close with Eddie? Yeah, no doubt. I haven't talked to Eddie uh, in, in probably about a year or so, but I used to talk to him all the time. But whenever we see each other, man, it's like we never – we don't miss a beat. Like, we just pick up where we left off. What was the hardest thing about writing your book? And conversely, like – when I think about writing about yourself and putting your whole story out there and just revealing a lot about who you are and how you came to be, I think that's easier said than done. Um, when did you become comfortable telling your story and opening up on that level? Uh, I, I, it took some time just because, you know, that's just what it is. It's all part of it. But the the book process became rather therapeutic for me because I was able to just mm-hmm express myself and talk about things that that bothered me over the years that I wasn't able to ever address in real time because I had you know I had so much going on and and once I was able to reflect and just really dive into you know some of the layers of things that bothered me and some of the things that you know I wanted to get off my chest and it be, it became rather therapeutic and I was happy I was able to finally just address those things and, and, and move on 
But uh, it was a process, man. It, it wasn't as simple as simple as it seemed, or you know, as great as it, the the book actually came out. You know, to you know the folks that read it and you know took so much from it. It, it took it took some time. Kobe Bryant wrote the foreword. Um, are y'all close? How did that come to be? That's my guy. You know, Kobe's family, man, and uh, he he had reached out and he told me he heard about the project and um, heard that I wanted him to uh, write the foreword. I was kind of, you know, hesitant to ask just because I don't I don't like asking you know friends for things. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you know, I like to keep that you know uh, pure and you know just you know no give, no take, no take, no give type of way and um, when I reached out, he knew that it was something important to me. And he was just like, man, you know, say less, you know, I got you. It'd be an honor. And he, uh, ended up putting something together for me and it just, it meant everything. And maybe we got a movie out of it. He's a director now. He's, he's all over the place. Maybe there's other stuff down the line there. Yeah. You know, Kobe's doing his own thing. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, myself, uh, I'm building and doing my thing also, you know, from, uh, production side of things and um content space and and but you know the one thing that's always forever is you know our friendship you know what i mean like i i think that he understands that i value his friendship um i i I shoot him a text or some type of connection you know at least once every two weeks or we're you know bouncing ideas or just talking in some capacity so He's he's the real deal, man. You know, I always knew that he'd be a guy that I'd be connected to and with, you know, long after basketball. What was the hardest part about going from college basketball at UConn to the pro game? What was the biggest transition? And um, what have you noticed um, that uh, is just a difficult part of it that you were maybe surprised about or just looking back and thinking about uh, the book and everything else of just what – um, that change was like to go in the lottery to be the number 10 pick in the draft and uh, this whole new world where you're like, oh, I'm a professional now. Yeah, you just, you have to understand that this is your lifestyle now and, and you know, uh, being consistent in that space. I always understood that just because, you know, going through adversity at an early age, being in corrections, and then like that next opportunity was my last and only opportunity. So I took full advantage of it. Uh, a lot of people understand like, you have to play with a sense of desperation. You have to perform with a sense of de- desperation at all times. Otherwise, the opportunity that you once had would no longer be there, and you'll never get that opportunity back again. I understood that because of the, the life things that I had to go through. You know what I mean? Like, usually, like, yeah, you grow up in the – Yeah, yeah. When you go through grassroots or the AAU system or anything like that, Nine times out of ten, you're sheltered in life. Like, mean, like you're not dealing with day-to-day struggles of, you know, everybody else. So it was just a little different for me. So, like, when I when I got on the platform, I was desperate. But what I did need was, like, guidance, you know, from a financial standpoint, being exposed to something different. Like, I just needed someone to give me a, a blueprint or direction. And I got that from the legendary coach and Pat Riley. Man, yeah, you just you lucked out, man, with everyone you got with and encountered, and the right teams at the right time. Um, that's that's awesome. Um, do you have a favorite team you played on out of all the years in the NBA? Is there one team, one season that stands out to you the most? If you're like that was that was a fun year. Yeah, I mean, they all have like their own 
special thing to it. Like, you know what? You like, it's like asking a, a, a parent, like, what, what child do you love the most? You know, like, yeah. I, I love them all differently, but I love them the same. Like, that's how I felt about the different organizations that I was with. But I would say this, like, the most special season I ever had was 2011 because, you know, I was able to leave uh, the association that season with a championship. And, but mm-hmm. they all had their unique things. Like, year one, it was like everything I believed in some because it, it, it opened my eyes to new new beginnings like oh, wow i'm in the nba i can do anything i got access to the world and then two it was like damn i go through trauma you know with an injury and then i'm able to overcome adversity in real time you know now i'm battle tested year three i get traded but it's new beginnings it's new life and you know it's like it's, it was every year new city i go to that you know i go to uh to uh the washington wizards and then it's like something new like it's a new challenge and then now it's like Oh, I'm gonna be a first-time All-Star now. It's just like every year it was something, a new challenge. And then once the challenge went away, it was like, what the hell are you doing? It's time to go. It's time to you know get out of the way and let the young guys take over. But every year I had a new challenge, and and every year, so it was just special. Last current NBA question: um, Are NBA offenses and defense getting more complicated or less complicated than when you played? Uh, the offense is getting less because I think it's, you know, just offensive driven. Like a cer- certain guys can just kind of, you know, push the narrative, do what they want and, you know, control and predict tempo. Uh, before everything was like offensive stats, you know, they wanted you to come down, get in the half court. You had to know your second and third dairy options. You had to do all that stuff. Now it's just like, it's the wild, wild west, man. It's like it's wide <laughs> open. You know, everybody gets to, you know, kind of freelance and do your own thing and nothing wrong with it, but it's just, it's it's different. It's totally different now than it, than it ever was. What does the future hold for Karan Butler? Well, I don't, I don't you know, it's no ceilings. I, whenever anyone asks me that, I just say it's no ceilings. You may not know where you're going to find me, you know, yet I'm, I'm going to be doing, you know, sports stuff i'm gonna be doing content creating doing uh, mini docs movies uh more books <laughs> you know more franchises uh more hotel and health and wellness i'm doing everything bro like i'm all You're over staying the place, busy. Bro. yeah man i'm staying busy and i'm having fun doing it like i'm not stressed like i'm just i'm having fun new challenges new circles new friends new things like it's just it's taking on a life of its own man i'm extremely blessed and happy you didn't mention coaching would you ever coach in college or the nba if it came across your plate i I thought about coaching in college uh i thought about you know like my dream scenario i'm gonna put this out there too so i hope i'm gonna like fire one day but my dream scenario (laughs) (laughs) my dream scenario for me and my family is to be in hawaii and coaching man like I told my okay. wife, I said, like, you know, Hawaii is a university that has, like, low expectations, right? So if you win, like, yeah. seven games, eight games, nobody cares. Like, they're like, oh, right. wow, aloha. Like, it's, called, it's all good. It's love. So if I, can, if I can, you know, probably get on that platform and just coach and be in Hawaii and chill and be on the island, that's, 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 that's good living right there. Or just Pepperdine. That's, like, the best <laughs> job ever. <laughs> yeah, man. 
No expectations. <laughs> Just an amazing venue. You're in Malibu, everything else. It's like no one cares if you win or lose. It's just you get to enjoy life every day and coach basketball. And that's what I, I want, that's man. That's a pretty good deal. That's yeah. what I want. No expectations. So you're not coaching at UConn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to teach the guys a lot, but it's just no expectations. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Last question. You got to run. Um, you, If you had to give your MVP and title team today, who is it and why? Los Angeles Lakers. Story okay. and headline all season. And then same thing with the MVP. Story and headline, I would have to give it to LeBron James, oldest MVP in NBA history. Going to leave the, uh, the NBA in assists. He's going to be extremely efficient, shoot over 50% from the field. Uh, he's, he's emerging Anthony Davis as a super-duper star. We knew that he had the talent, but now he's emerged as a superstar in his game. And I know he's going to have astronomical numbers, and he's going to be an MVP candidate as well. But the reasons why he's elevated is because of LeBron James. So he showed him the way. And then my number two guy would be Giannis. So you can't go wrong with either one of those guys because, you know, Giannis coming fresh off the MVP season, he got better. Yeah. yeah. It's it's scary. And he's doing Shaq-like things in the post now, which is just – I don't know what you do with Giannis Antetokounmpo anymore. Yeah. Um, all right, Crown Butler, this has been a blast. Thank you so much. We can listen to you on the Tough Juice podcast, your podcast. We can see you on Yahoo Sports. We can um, see you all over the place. Is there anything specific that you would like to plug before we get out of here? Man, look, man, check me out, as you just said, on the Tough Juice podcast, on the Himalaya app, or wherever you listen to your pods. And, you know, we're giving out this priceless jewels of insight on life and how people can come at, overcome ad- adversity from different walks of life. Seeing is believing is our motto, so definitely check us out, listen to us. And we're just, you know, we're trying to inspire the, 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 the folks that need to be inspired. Karan, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for the time, and I will talk to you soon. All right. Take care, brother. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.